you're listening to The Ashley Lachlan Show. I'm Ashley, and I'm here to help you build a wildly successful and profitable business on social media. I created my own rags to riches story and built a seven-figure business on social media in the midst of motherhood, and my passion is helping other female entrepreneurs do the same. I'm sharing my best marketing, mindset, and sales strategies to help you love the process and scale your business to six figures and beyond. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome to today's episode where I have a very special friend and guest, my coach, the woman who taught me all, Megan Yelaney. Megan, welcome. Hi, that's a very, uh, I definitely didn't teach you all. Ashley, <laughs> you are a, like a powerhouse in yourself, but thank you. I adore you and I'm so happy to be here just because I've loved being a part of your journey in any way. So thank you for having me. Yeah. So a little background, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but I want to share how I connected with you. Yeah. Well, in our Beachbody years, we swapped mm-hmm. some trainings, but then you pivoted out of Beachbody. You started doing your own thing and I started watching you and I became so intrigued and you were blowing up. And I was like, that is what I want. And out of the blue, you like reached out to me mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, you know, um, I think you'd be great for this next mastermind I'm running. And And at the time I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at your sales page and this is why sales pages, I believe still convert. I know there's like controversy of like, do you need a sales page? Your sales page converted me. I was like, okay. I remember specifically it said like the Meg's Rolodex of like other people in the industry, like you get access to them. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that there was another network of people Mm -hmm. out there. And I want to tap into this new network and I want to be I want to pivot and get out of the network marketing world and into like the different coaching world. And Meg's done that. So I need to follow her lead. And so I placed all my trust in you and you guided me. You helped me to just blow up. You know, I, I launched my own course in April and then I joined your mastermind like the next month. And Mm -hmm. it, that's when things took off. So I really thank you for guiding me, being the one to go first, inspire me to be there for me and just be there all along the way. So tell us a little about a little bit about your story and how you got here. That's like the nicest intro anyone's ever done. <laughs> so thank you. And it's it's so funny because when you have clients like you, your dream. Like I'm like I get to work with Ashley like cuz in Beachbody, I looked up to you in Beachbody. I was like she's crushing it. She's like she's such an action taker. And so to have someone to to coach like you, it was just a dream. Cause I know you're going to take action. You're going to do it. You're going to, you're going to take responsibility for your results. And so it was such an incredible time. I loved every second of it. Okay. So thank you. Um, yeah. So I, like Ashley said, got started in network marketing with Beachbody way back in the day. Like, I think I signed up technically in 2011, And like a lot of people in network marketing and just in business in general, I like dipped my toe and I would work it when it was convenient. And so I didn't really make much money for the first few years. And then I had this day in New York city, I was doing background work on film and television. I actually recently told this story. Um, and I, it was so cold. I was, I was pursuing acting and, um, in, on the side, I was doing background work and cocktail waitressing and my beach body business. And I say this in quotes, cause I wasn't actually really working it. And that day on set, it was like 10 degrees. Schools were closed. New York city schools were closed, but we still had to be on set. I almost got frostbite. I literally thought my fingers were going to fall off my hands. And I go in and they're like, you're going to get a bump. You're going to get a cold bump, which I think was like $50. And I just remember coming home and being like, what am I doing with my life? Like, this is not it like this. I'm not actually acting. I'm a blur in the background. I'm not using my marketing degree. I have this like gold mine of a business sitting here. Like, 
what's happening. And so that was like such a pivotal moment that I said a year from now, I'm not going to be here. And a year from now, I was able to stop doing background work, fully support myself with Beachbody. The next year we hit six figures and continue the year after. And then it, I hit a point, which I know, you know, so well, where I just was like, I feel like this is not it anymore. And I used to, I remember my husband saying, uh, cause I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire beach body coach. And that's, is it for life? And he's like, I don't think so. I was like, what, why are you hating on my dream? He's like, no, I'm not. You're just going to do more. And he was right. Uh, he just like knew it. And I hit this point where I had such an itch to help people in a bigger way. I had learned so much. You learned so much through programs and courses and personal growth. I was like, I have so much more to give and I can't give it unless they join as a distributor or join as a customer. And it felt very restricted. So I said, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try it. I joined a program with no beach body coaches. So that was really great to get out of the bubble and see what else is out there. And I was like, wow, there's a whole other coaching world out here and course creation world and all this stuff. And I decided, I think it was like after six months of kind of doing both, I transferred my auto, my direct deposit to another account that I never saw. And tried to pretend I wasn't making any money anymore from Beachbody because I still was like leaning on it. I was like, oh, it's there though. That did everything. And I went all in and in about, it was under two years, we hit a million in sales in the business. And it was like from go, go, go. We're just going to, we hustled a lot. We did hustle a lot. Uh, we worked a ton, but you know what? We built up so much trust, so much credibility with our audience. We built a brand today that we could take time off. I, I cut a lot of programs and was still able to sell and and all of these things from those first few years of really establishing our brand. And today it's very different. I know we'll talk about that. I've had many remodels, um, but I basically help online coaches and course creators and service providers um, build companies that really represent who they are. Like, of course, make great sales and all of that, but by building a brand that's uniquely theirs and I call it their unique coaching method. So that's kind of where we're at today. Um, I love that. And I can't believe how many people start in network marketing. Like if you think of all the big names, like they all came from a network marketing company. So there's no shade on network marketing. I think it is a great place to start Totally. and to, you know, it's like a business in a box and to learn those foundational skills. But then some people are lifers, but I think that for most, they get to a point where they're like, I see life beyond this. To me, network marketing was always a stepping stone. I always knew like, this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life, but it's Mm. a way to get me started. Yeah. And it's so cool. So now here we are. Now you mentioned reworking your business. I know you've had several pivots and you've restructured several things. Um, So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think your audience, especially because I know you have a lot of moms listening, will will appreciate this. I basically, in in that year that I went all in, I was like so passionate about what I was doing. I was creating every five seconds. I was like, new idea, throw it out, new idea, throw it out. And I don't have kids. I I was married. I am was and am married. Um, that was rocky for a moment. We could talk about that. And I I had a lot of time, honestly. So I went all in. And I always like to say that because something that's like a pet peeve of mine is when I see people be like, and you can do this too. And there's people who have four kids watching them. And it's like, you can't do it like that. You literally don't have the same time in the day. And so I always want to preface that. So I was working a ton, but when I really looked back at it, at my day, I was like, I'm working every second of the day. I'm on calls every second of the day. I want to have a family. 
And this started years ago where I was like, we want a family. My husband and I were really prioritizing our marriage after separating for a while. And I knew something had to change. I was exhausted. Even though I loved what I did, I loved my clients. I was like, I don't have energy to do anything else. And at the end of the night, I have nothing to give him. I'm like, sorry, I need to just be in bed and be a hermit because I'm done. (laughs) And I was like, how can I, I can't have a family like this. This is impossible. And so that was the first, like, we need to change stuff around. And I got rid of two programs. I cut my client load in half, my one-on-one client load. So I got rid of a lot of income and I get this question a lot. People are like, what did you do to replace it? What was your plan to replace it? And I was like, I didn't have one. (laughs) I was like, I didn't have one. I went, we need to cut it. We'll figure that out because I couldn't figure out the plan when I was working that much. I had to have time back. And it was, even though it was a big hit to my ego, because once you make a certain amount, you want to just keep saying that number. I didn't care anymore. I was like this, I'm not doing my business for Instagram or for other people. I'm doing it for my family and myself. And so that was the best decision I made. It gave me the space to go, what do I actually want to put out there? And then I I tried a bunch of things for a few years. And this year is kind of that like coming home year where we're actually going back to some things we did do then that we didn't need to change. We just felt like we had to change everything. Um, But a huge reason was I want to set my business up to have a family um, and just have more time to do whatever I want to do. Honestly, even if you're listening and you don't want a family, like you probably want to do other things in your life besides work all the time. So that's really what it was for me. Yeah. You know, I'm all about the passive income and having free time. I remember when I first joined your mastermind, you had two masterminds going. I was in like the higher level one, but then you had another one with a ton of people in it. And I remember thinking like, I don't know how she's doing all these calls. And this is a great point. Like you don't have to have a copy of your, your mentor's business. Like I saw parts of your business that I was like, Oh hell no. Like I don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like I, you know, that's not going to work for me in this season that I'm in now, maybe when my kids are all in school and I have eight hours a day of free time. Yeah, I will do more of that, but I like to choose things that don't require lots of calls, lots of creation and, and all that. So now you've had that revelation. Now talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about the relationship with your spouse. Cause I think I'm going to mention, you know, when I first started my online business in network marketing, my husband with the day I told him I was going to start it, he was like, that's a joke. It's a scam. You're never going to stick with it. You're never going to be successful. And I was like, well, F you, I'm going to do it anyway. Like just watch. And so the first few months were tough. Like he was mad because the time I was giving him, I was no longer giving him any time. I was all hundred percent in my business, on my computer, on my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. And it be, it was really hard on our marriage. And I think if your marriage isn't strong, then that could break it. And yeah. I see, a, I, I know in network marketing, a lot of people who make it to the top, their, their marriages crumble um, yep. for different reasons. But anyway, um, so I really then had to really reevaluate and rework things so that I was still able to be present and give him some time. But then I retired him. He's at home with me full time. So I always use that and be like, aren't you happy I didn't listen to you? And I ignored you for those first few months because now you yeah. get to be with me 24 seven. But you have a little bit of a different story. So share that with us. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I love it because we're all going to have different experiences and I think that's important. So yeah, when my husband and I got together, he, we actually got together right when I started Beachbody, which was funny. And he actually thought I just wanted him as a customer for Shakeology. We have screenshots of it. It's hysterical. And he was like, thought there was something there. And then he's like, oh, she keeps following up with me with this thing. Does, does she actually like me or does she just want me to buy her stuff? And I was dying. I was like, that's hysterical jokes on him. He has Shakeology every day. So it's fine. Even to this day, we, we still use the products. So, 
um, but we got started, he, he joined me right up the beginning of entrepreneurship. So he's been along the ride. Um, but I started it before we were even dating, like right before. So he had no choice because I was already part of my life. Right. And then, um, as we were going, he's, I think the reason we have a little bit of a different situation is he's also an entrepreneur. He had already started two businesses at the time and was working, um, in the city, um, in an insurance company was able to quit that because once Beachbody like really took off, he's like, I really want to take off in these businesses. Can I? And I was like, yep, we're good. You can do that. And so that gave him the time and space to work on his. So we've kind of been this entrepreneur couple really from the get-go only was like maybe a year or two where we really weren't both doing these things together, separate businesses, but both being entrepreneurs. And that sounds great. And it sounds wonderful. And it was to a point. And then it got to a point where everything, including when we got married, we kept everything so separate. And of course, like your business has to be separate, like for legal reasons, you know, financially, you need your separate business accounts and all of that. But even our, once we were married, I paid for the rent. He would pay for this. I would pay for that. It was so separate. And I know everyone has different opinions on keeping things separate or together. And that's teach his own for us. It made us feel separate. It made us approach everything like almost from a competition. And the year that I skyrocketed my income in this business, the year I went all in, was the toughest year of our relationship. And I think that's partly why I went all in. I was like, I'm really good at this. This is giving me validation. This is give, this is my identity. Let's go all in. Cause that's making me feel like less than, I don't feel like I'm good at marriage. So I'm going to go all in on this. And I really dove in and we both did. We both kind of used our businesses as an escape, which was it healthy? No, but two things. One, it forced us to eventually deal with our issues because we hit a breaking point. So that was good. <laughs> uh, but two, it built up a nest egg of finances that we were able to take those hits the next two years and like cut back on things and not worry financially. So I don't actually, it's funny when I share and I help people like avoid what I did, I don't regret a second of it because I know we were supposed to go through that. Um, but basically it got to a point where we were in intense relationship coaching and working on ourselves. And he was so incredible and always open to, to do all of that work, even though it was very uncomfortable for him. Um, and we just hit a point where we needed to be a part to work on ourselves before we could really work on it together. And um, most people aren't going to have this kind of success story. It's actually a very high percentage of couples who separate actually divorce. So it's not usually recommended. And I always like to say that because my relationship coach is like, I don't usually recommend people do this, but for you guys, I have a feeling it's going to help. And it did. So we got to do our own thing. We came back together. And about six months after it was like, we're solid. Something has to change in my business. And that's when I, it just really hit me that I can't keep going at this pace and prioritize us and start a family. And when I say prioritize us, it's not like we're going to spend hours and hours and hours a day together. He actually plays poker a few nights a week. I don't even see him sometimes for 24 hours at a time. And we actually work well with that. We need our separation <laughs> from time to time, which I'm sure you had drawn it the same way. It's like, okay, I need to miss you a little bit. Um, and so it's not that like when I say prioritize, we're together all the time. It's more so the quality of the time and what we're doing together. It's like, we actually are having quality time. We're not on our phones the whole time. I'm not exhausted and stressed out from work and just thinking about that. And that's been game changing for us. And it wouldn't have happened if I didn't get rid of a lot of those programs and honestly follow more of a model you have now. It's, it's really beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that story. I know that there are people out there that are going to resonate with that. Um, yeah. And that's so deeply personal. And I'm sure people appreciate you speaking about that because yeah. most people don't talk about that. 
They're like, here's much, here's my 100K cash month. But behind the scenes, their life, their relationships are just a disaster. And that's one of the things I, you know, a personal pet peeve of mine of like the online industry is everybody just wants to flash their income claims. But in reality, we know nothing about how much they're working and what their life is like and if they're actually happy Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But you're very transparent about that. Um, So your your whole thing is that pretty awkward entrepreneur and embracing your you. Tell us a little bit. Tell my listeners I know about your brand, how you came to that um, and how you just embrace your weirdness. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love this question. Yeah. So the brand actually started shortly after Beachbody when I created my first company, which was health and fitness. That was only for about six months because I quickly realized I meant to be business coaching. I just thought, oh, Beachbody's fitness. I guess I should do fitness. And I really shouldn't have, but it's fine. It was fun. It was fun while I did it. And we actually built a very successful business in a short amount of time because I had so many years of Beachbody it prepped us a lot. Um, and during that time, a lot of the fitness professionals, this was in 2017, and a lot of them still do it, but I mean, they were doing this to the max where they would do the booty pose where they would twist their body so impossibly. Like you can't actually twist your body that way. And they would post that picture and, and do a call to action for their coaching. That was literally how you would sell your coaching. And I'm a good student. I follow what I'm told to do and what the successful people do. So I was like, I'll do it. Even though this feels really weird. And I would take videos of myself trying to get the picture so I could screenshot the best shot, which is just a good, I think you've shared that tip before too. It's a great way to get good pictures. Still do that to this day. And as I was watching it back, I was actually at one of my best friend's houses and we were about to like go out for the day and have like a fun day together. And I was like, I just got to get this, this picture to post. And I'm watching this video. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Like I was complaining about how it was hurting. I was trying to twist. I was sucking in my breath. I was holding in my stomach. I was doing all these things. And I was like, how is this going to make me be a better fitness coach? Why will people going to hire me for this? Like, this makes no sense. And so I posted the video instead of the screenshot and I made fun of it. And I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And I had a flood of client inquiries. It went viral for my page in particular, um, not viral for some other people's, but way more views and likes and comments than followers I had. It was amazing. And I had so many inquiries and it's shortly after I quit fitness coaching and moved to business coaching. Cause I should have done that the whole time, but it just showed, I was like, Oh, people are really sick of this. Like people are done now their authenticity and being yourself is like in. So it, it's, it's, you know, definitely more people are trying to, to do that, which is great. But at the time it wasn't, it like wasn't in. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I started to just share the reality behind the scenes, kind of that whole Instagram versus reality trend that people do. I was doing that really, really often. That was like a huge part of my marketing and they loved it. People were like, you're a breath of fresh air. I feel like I can laugh with you. I feel like I can learn from you. And I think of you as an authority, but I also can be myself and be, feel safe and be a friend. And that's the community. And the brand I've created is like, we get great results. We get shit done, but we have fun. We're ourselves and you will be safe here. You will not be felt to be stupid. You won't be, you won't feel like you can't throw ideas out there. And the whole idea of the pretty awkward brand is like show up as your true self online in a strategic way though, because it's easy to be like, be yourself. And how does that relate to your business though? Like we want to bring it back to you actually making money. And so that's really what we help people do. And really the kind of brand we built. And the cool thing is it's 
transitioned from fitness to my business. So once you build a powerful brand, which I know you're such a big fan of too, like that can dictate so much of your company and your people will ride with you. They're your ride or dies through all of your pivots and transitions. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I think that's so important. I always say build a personal brand because no matter how many times you pivot, your people are going to be there. That, that happened to me. I have people, um, somebody just bought a high ticket offer off of me. And she's like, I have been around since your beach body days. It's taken me a few years, but you know, here I am. Yeah. Um, great. And so yes, the, the uncomfortable, like the butt picture, like squeezing it in. And that made me think, as you were saying that how much we in fitness, I remember, you know, sucking it in, like trying to get that perfect angle to show people like this perfect body. And again, so many people do that on with business coaching. They're trying to post like their results and their client wins and their cash months, but they're not sharing like the uncomfortable stuff that they're doing behind the scenes. And I think it's so important to be real and to be transparent, to be relatable, because I don't want people to ever buy off me thinking they can create what I have, um, when it's, when it's all like, I'm duping them, you know, I don't ever want anybody to feel duped. Like I want them to know like, yeah, it takes hard work, Mm -hmm. but you can have this. I'm not, you know, it's not a smoke and mirror show. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what I wanted to say. There was something I wanted to say about, um, oh, you're also an actress. So Mm -hmm. I love how you embed your acting skills into your content. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. I have a lot of fun with my content and I think, something I actually was just interviewing someone on my podcast and something we were talking about is like you, yes, you need to share certain marketing points and all that, like you were saying, but if you don't have fun in your content and make it your own, and you're so attached to how it performs, you're just going to, you're going to be so miserable. You're gonna be like, I'm bored. I'm bored. And it's not hitting and people can tell. And so something I always try to do is at least once a week, have a piece of content that's for me. And actually I just posted one today. That's for me. Now it's for my audience. It's for my audience, but it's made in a way that I had fun making it. It's a skit and I like to do skits and I like to do songs. And, you know, I probably could have had way more views if I did a trending audio on reels, or if I did a breaking down, I I did, I am breaking down this tomorrow, like breaking down my first 20 K launch or whatever it is. Right. And I'll do those things. I I will do those things. But like today's post is so fun. It's engaging. It's um, it definitely will stop the scroll. It'll capture people's attention. It'll teach them the same concept in a different way that maybe it'll resonate with them. Um, And I love doing that. So even if you don't need to be an actor, you don't need to be a performer, like try to think outside the box or think, how do you learn? Do you learn best with metaphors? Do you learn best with story? Storytelling is the best way to sell. And it's never going to go out of style, no matter what algorithm changes happen, like get good at storytelling, um, and have fun with it. Like I am so unattached to the engagement with those kinds of posts, because I know the right people are going to hook in and those will be the quality people. Like usually those posts bring in more quality leads than the viral kind of things that just reach a lot of people. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And I always think that you should be your biggest fan and every piece of content you yes. post, like you should be so proud of it. You should be like, I don't care if this gets one like or 500,000 likes. Like I'm so proud of this. And I know that eventually when somebody stumbles upon it, it's going to hit home for them. So yeah. many people are like, it didn't get as many views. It didn't get as many likes. This is embarrassing. I need to delete it. And it's like, no, this is a long game, but also it should also be for you. You should enjoy yeah. it. Totally. Um, And like back to the personal brand, I always say, 
like if you're posting every single day, three tips for achieving this, five tips for achieving this, people aren't getting to know you and they're not going to buy from you. You now are just basically Google. So be weird, be your authentic self, yes. you know, show up, sing, be goofy. You have like hats and costumes and all different stuff. <laughs> I, I love it. You'll um, be top of mind that way. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. exactly. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was you started with Beachbody, then you did your own business coaching or fitness coaching, yeah. intermittent fasting, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you did business coaching and you pit, you know, you've jumped around, pivoted a little bit within that business coaching. So yeah. many people think that they have to choose one thing and stick with it forever, or if yeah. this is what they chose, this is what they need to stick with. But then they become, there becomes this line. People always ask me this when I talk about pivoting, because I think it's really important. And if you feel in your heart to pivot, like you should trust your instinct and your gut and you should pivot. But people are like, am I giving up too soon? Because that's another message I always say, like it takes time. Like you can't just give up because you're not seeing the results you want. Where do you find the balance between giving up or not giving up, but saying this isn't for me, like my heart, I am, I'm meant to do something else versus yeah. giving up too soon. Oh, I love this question. And I wish there was like a, at this monetary level or this exact point, obviously it's so much more nuanced, but the things that I would ask yourself is it's kind of like, you know, when people, they have a nine to five job and they're like, I went to school for this. I went to college for this. I worked four years for this and now I'm miserable and I want to start my own business, but I can't because I already spent four years doing this. Well, do you want to just keep doing that for the rest of your life then, even though your heart is somewhere else? It's kind of like that in a sense, even within your business, right? And a couple of questions I always like to ask myself when those moments come up is like, if this new thing, if I was making no money off of it for a while, would I still be so excited to show up and jazzed? And if the answer is yes, great. That's a checkbox for possible pivot. Because I really believe like, of course you want to make money from your business. A business is not a business if it's not making money, but I believe to really have success and just love what you do, you've got to love what you do, even if you weren't making money. And that's something I always say, like, there's a couple things in my business that even if I was like, I'm shutting it all down, I would still want to do my podcasting being one because I just love it. It's just so fun. And so I really urge you to think, what are those parts of your day that you're like, oh, I just love doing this. And here's why. And if that's in that new angle, then maybe it could be for you. Some other questions I would like to, I like to ask myself is, am I looking at my week in this current business, like dreading everything I'm doing, right? Creation, clients, all of that stuff. Am I like, I can't believe I'm talking about this again. I can't believe I have to create this content because if everything you're doing feels like such a chore and you don't like the topic, that's another red flag. Now, like you said, it's going to take time. You're going to, there might be six months when you feel like you're posting and you're posting and you're sharing, and you're sharing. And it's like little to no inquiries. That's normal. That happens. Some people take off right away. Some people, it takes them a year. It really depends. But are you talking about stuff you're still passionate about? If so, stay the course. You just got to figure out the messaging and the marketing and you can do that. Ashley is someone who can help you with that. There's so many people who can help you with that. Like that is definitely something that can be learned. But if you hate the actual stuff you're talking about, that's when I go, oh, that's not good. Cause you're just going to resent actually getting clients, you get clients in and then you're going to resent it and you're not going to want to show up. So those are a few of the like questions I would ask myself. Yeah. So good. I'm with you now. Talk to me about your program suite and how you've restructured your business, what that looks like. I know what it used to look like. What does it look like now? And what tips do you have for somebody building a program suite? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so different. <laughs> I used to have like 50 offers at once. Um, and you know, it was great and it was awesome and it served a lot of different people and it was wonderful. Um, but I just got to a point where I was like, I want simplicity. And so now that's really where it's at. So we have a program for people who are starting to around 5k a month, um, or full-time. I know that number is a little bit like overused, but I did my research and everyone's telling me that number. So use what's in your research, my friend. Sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to use that, but they they want to hear it. So uh, zero to 5K are going full time, building an actual client attraction system, mainly for online coaches um, and service pros. That's usually who I work with. And that's like the step one. It's a four month group program. It really is like a... Um, kind of a rocket ship. It's like a, a jam packed four months. It's intense. It is not a program to take lightly. It's like, you got to go all in, um, to get you to that full time, um, after the four months, right? Not everyone's going to go full time in four months, but you have the tools, the processes to go full time. So that's the, the beginner. And then I have my mastermind, which is for people who are established in business, doing really great, making great money, have a brand, have systems in place, probably have a few team members and want to expand. Um, and more importantly, they want to expand with other people around them. They don't just want a coach telling them, do this, do that. They want to truly mastermind. That's something I've really set this one up. Um, and then in the middle, because there's a kind of that messy middle in between those advanced and the beginners, I do things more one-off like VIP days, intensives, things like that. I'll do that for people who are more advanced as well, but I, I might create a middle program, but honestly, because simplicity is is the thing, this beginner program and the mastermind, the way they're structured with the amount of calls and all that, I could easily have a child and do them both and not take a day off. Although I'm, I'm going to definitely take time off when I have kids, but like, that's everything I'm doing this year is like, what sets me up for that? And those two programs are beautiful. They bring in great income and they really serve my audience at two different stages in such an in-depth way, but in a way that also suits me. And then I can choose when to do those one-off offers in between. And what did your program suite look like a few years ago? Yeah. So a few years ago, I still had a beginner program. Um, and then I had two masterminds. I had like a mid-level mastermind for people making around 3000 to 5,000 scaling. And then a high level mastermind for people at least making 10 to 15,000 scaling. And then I had private coaching, which I do have today. Um, but I had like seven private clients where today I max have three at a time. Um, and I also had a course and I had a membership. I literally had, what is that? one, two, three, four, six things. And I was constantly rotating and selling them. So I was pretty much launching every single month. Um, and it was a lot. And only one of those, only one of those was passive, was my course. The membership you could say was passive, but it really wasn't. It was actually quite a bit of work for not a lot of return. Um, definitely, I, I'm not anti-membership. I've had clients have a lot of success with memberships, but just know what you're getting into. <laughs> like you gotta go into it, like knowing what you're doing. Um, but everything else required me. It was so much live coaching. Whereas now my mastermind, while we have calls, it's not monthly one-on-ones. It's a true mastermind. Whereas my mastermind before, Everyone got a one-on-one -on -one every month. I was literally on 30 one-on-one -on -one calls every month because I had so many clients where now I'm like maybe on three a month because of how we, we structure it. And my group program, I have coaches and all of that. So it's just so night and day, the structure. And something I'll say too, is you might call something like I had two masterminds and I have one mastermind now and they look so different. So the same name, but it's a true mastermind where the, the, the women actually rely on each other. It's like they have 10 coaches, not just one. Whereas before it was a little bit more of like a hot seat. 
I was running the show kind of thing where this is like, I'm still running the show, but I'm more of a facilitator. And I've just made sure I cultivated really smart women so that they could really, I learn from them. I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. I got to try that too. You know? Um, and it's less of me needing to be on all the time, which is what I wanted. So it's so beautiful. Um, I want to ask you more about that, but tell me about the chat. You mentioned that you have a challenge coming up. What is this challenge about? Yes. Yeah. So I don't actually have the name solidified yet, but it's going to be something around sharing your or creating your signature story to sell your offers. Because something that I've really been helping people with over the past few weeks in my free content is like getting really clear on their offer, getting clear on their framework. What is the process they take people through in their offer? And now it's like, how do I actually sell that on social? How do I put that into content? And that's what we're going to do in this challenge is storytelling, in my opinion, is the best way to sell. And it never goes out of style and it can go through all you can carousel story. You can do a reel, you do a live, you can do an email. And so I really want to help people craft. Okay. Now, you know what your offer is. Now, you know, the framework, the process you take people through, let's put your story within that. So you can sell those pieces of your framework so confidently. So it's going to be three days and I'm going to help you craft your signature story and then how to put it into specific content on social media. That is going to be so good. I live and die by storytelling. Like literally all of my years in Beachbody, I never provided any value. Like, did you? I know I didn't. I would share like my grocery hauls, my meal plans, yeah. but I every day just shared a, a micro story of that day yeah. or my past. And that's why I built a seven-figure business, literally yep. just by storytelling. I never was like three tips for doing this. Never, not once. Um, yeah. So I, I think that you do need to have value-based content nowadays, but storytelling is literally where it's at. So it's still so huge. You gave me the link. I'm going to put that link for them to register in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're like, I want to be a part of that, go to the show notes, you can get into Meg's challenge. So what tips do you have for somebody who is starting to build out their program suite or revamp it? Mm, Yeah. So if you're just starting to build out your program suite, I'm a really big fan of focusing on one offer at a time um, and really mastering that. And like kind of what I was just saying, mastering the framework. So what, when I say framework, it's the steps you take people through in your offer from the second they enter to the exit, having the beautiful transformation what do you actually do with them? And the reason I think this is so important is once I did that, I actually created three programs from one framework. I had a one-on-one offer, I had a group program, and then I had a course all from the same framework. It was just put into different ways so it could serve different um, sects of my market. Is that the way to say that? Sections of my market? You know what I'm trying to say? I do. (laughs) I was like, well, that sounds weird. Uh, But different people in my audience, right? And that was huge because I didn't have to do so much work. I was like, I already got this framework. It works beautifully, but I know I can position it and package it in a way that will help different people in my, in my audience. And so that's the first thing I would do. So I did one-on-one first, got really great at my, my framework. And then I put it into a group program. And then I put it into a course. You might do course first, and then you might go, Oh, people are loving this course, but they're really loving step three. I feel like that can almost be a whole day on its own. I'm going to do a day. And I actually have that. I have a VIP day that I do with people who want to build out a launch plan. That's one module in one program, you know, and it's actually a course I have too. So it's like, you can totally take these bits and pieces. So get solid on your framework first and build your offer suite from there. And when you're doing that, it's really, really important. Kind of like what we've been talking about this whole time is to look at your life. Don't just launch a one-on-one or launch a mastermind or launch a group because your mentor did, or because your best friend did. If it requires a ton of your time and you've got kids at home or you have goals and you want to travel or whatever it is, 
you got to be like, can I actually do this? Can I show up for the delivery of this? Cause that's a slippery slope. I see so many people get into and they're like, oh no, I have to actually serve now. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so don't do that. Um, and then if you want to revamp the biggest thing I'll say from experience and this making this mistake is you probably don't need to get rid of everything. You probably don't need to burn it all to the ground. I hear that all the time. We're burning the business to the ground. Everyone's so dramatic, myself included. We don't need to do that. You probably have such great base that you can use and tweak, right? And so for example, I had a really great beginning business program. I totally changed the structure and I didn't need to, but I thought everything needs to change. And so we're going back to that. And then we just, you know, we learn, we go back and we're going to do it again because it worked really well. And the structure was great for people. So if you are revamping, I would just take an overall macro view of like, what's taking the most energy that's not resulting in the most sales, right? Like, okay, this is taking a lot of energy and it's not even bringing that much money. What's taking um, up the least amount of energy and has a lot of potential and look at those two things and start with one at a time. You're probably not going to be able to revamp everything at once, especially if you have a lot going on in your personal life. So just take one chunk at a time. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. And, um, I, I love the looking. It was, you know, last year I looked into my Kajabi where I run everything and was like, yeah. what is bringing me the most money? Yeah. And that was so eye opening. And it mm -hmm. was obviously my signature course. It's the most expensive. And I sold it. I mean, I, I spent so much time last year selling micro offers that literally mm -hmm. brought in no money compared to what Course Launch Academy brought in when I was rarely even promoting it. Like I had it on Evergreen. I did two live launches of it last year, but it was 98% of my overall income. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this year I'm not going to spend all that this time on these micro offers. Like I know I'm just going to really focus on that. I have a program suite. I can still throw out micro offers to bring in yeah. low ticket people entry point. Um, but I'm not going to spend as much time creating every month. I was like, I'm going to create a new masterclass. And yeah. that literally brought in no money compared to Course Launch Academy. So you want to look yeah. at your time. You want to look at your energy. And just because somebody else is doing that and saying they're making so much money doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it's going to work for you and that yeah. it's the best use of your time. Like literally look at what's bringing in the money and double down on that and cool. make sure, you know, it's what you enjoy doing. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think we have this like um, squirrel brain a lot. And we, especially on social media, we see all these people doing different things. Oh, I got to try that. I got to try that. But exactly. They, you don't know what their life is like behind the scenes. There's one person I follow who doesn't have kids. Um, I think their, their husband travels a lot. Um, they have all the time in the world and I don't know if they want kids. I can't speak for them, but the way they've structured their business doesn't seem like it. And I'm like, they're making a boatload of money and I have zero desire to have the life that they have. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, nope, not for me. Good yeah. for you, not for me. <laughs> Same. I saw somebody that was bragging. She's like, I have 35 private clients. And I was like, I would rather be broke living on the street than have 35 <laughs> like, private clients. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and another thing I learned this from you was you had me take some sort of quiz. And he was like, are you an entrepreneur, a coach, yeah. or a teacher? And my number one was teacher and entrepreneur. And coach was like the last thing because I don't really love coaching people. I That's not my wheelhouse. But I, at the time, was you know, taking on clients and doing one-on-one -on -one calls and having a mastermind. And, and that was like my primary focus. And then you allowed me to let go of that and realize that I can just focus on creating courses and yeah. being an entrepreneur and creating things and being in that teacher role. Now I do have a, a few 
one-on-one clients now, but I keep it very small, mm-hmm. ideal clients, like the dreamiest clients, but I'm not out there. I was like promoting, like, I'm a coach, like come hire me. I was taking yeah. all these clients. It was really a burden to me. I was stressed every day. And then you allowed me to see like, okay, I can run a business without being a quote coach and actually having yeah. to coach people. So I think okay. really evaluating what do you enjoy doing? Just because mm-hmm. somebody is running a mastermind or somebody has a ton of one-on-one clients and they're making a boatload of money doesn't mean that you have to. You could find something in your zone of genius that aligns with your lifestyle and you can make a boatload of money doing that. Yep. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. I'm so glad like you had that revelation because now you've set up this incredible business model that is so replicatable too for your audience. That's what I think is great. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else you want to share, Meg, while we have you here? Oh, um, you know, I think the biggest, like it's kind of been a, a key theme for what we've been talking about, but is really keep, well, I didn't say this yet, but when you're looking at what other people are doing, always ask yourself what's actually going on behind the scenes. And do I actually want to serve what it's going to do? I actually want to do what it's going to take to get there. Because like we said, you never know what's happening behind the scenes. My business was blowing up while my marriage is blowing up, (laughs) right? Like it ended up working out great. And now we're amazing, but it could have gone the other way. And so you never know what's going on. And number two, and this is something I, I had a long, really great podcast with a friend recently about this, who was also in one of my masterminds. I always, I love my mastermind people. Um, and we were saying like, entrepreneurship's not easy. And I think people get into it with, again, these rose colored glasses and they think, oh, it's going to be so beautiful and the laptop lifestyle. And I'm going to be working from the beach and all of that. And who, no one actually brings their laptop onto the beach, by the way. That's like a myth. It never happens. Um, at least I never see it happen. And it's actually hard. And so you've got to be willing to do the hard work, not nec- not burn out, not like, you know, work 12 hour days or anything like that, but you're going to have to work when you probably don't want to, or you don't feel like it. You're going to have to show up when you don't feel like it, when life's happening. Like those are just parts of running a business. Like the head of target doesn't go, Oh, I don't feel like showing up today because I'm having a tough day with my, my spouse. Like they still got to hit quotas. They still got to run a business. They still got to pay their team. So I think it's like, be willing to do what it takes to get to what you want, but no, you don't have to burn yourself out. You don't have to run your business. Like certain people do that do kind of sacrifice a lot. So those are the biggest things I would say. And then thirdly is something I did really well. And I'm kind of getting back to it now is keep your blinders on during growth periods. Like 2018 and 2019 were such growth years for me. And I realized when I look back, I had no clue what anyone was doing. Like I was so in my own world. When I went to a mastermind retreat, I remember my friends kind of like gossiping a little bit. And I was like, I don't even know who you're talking about right now. Like I didn't know anyone they were talking about. And I don't know if it's like age because I was like five to seven years older than all of them. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like I'm just mm-hmm. too old for this, you know, or I just was so had my blinders on and it, I didn't compare because I didn't know what anyone was doing in a beautiful way. So try to keep your blinders on, listen to this podcast, follow Ashley, come, come say hi to me, but everyone else ignore. I'm just kidding, yeah. but really put your blinders on because it's going to make you question so much when you're mm-hmm. watching what everyone else is doing all the time. I just recorded a podcast episode. I don't know if it's out by the time I'm publishing this one, but it is about social media and how I view each platform. And to me, Instagram, I do not go on Instagram for joy because it's curated the way that my algorithm is set up and who I'm following is all competitors, all people in business. 
Anytime I open the Instagram app, I'm immediately like in comparisonitis. Oh my gosh, they're launching something else. I should have done that. That's better. They're putting more time in. They sold this. They had this kind of month. I had this kind of month. And literally every single post is somebody in business. And it causes me so much stress and anxiety. So I go into Instagram, I post, and I basically ghost. I do not engage a lot because meant for my mental health and just my business. Like, so I know I can't go on Instagram because it immediately makes me think like, oh my gosh, I should be doing this or this, or she's doing it better. Whereas TikTok is, I I love TikTok just for fun. And Facebook is like where I know, know people in real life. So I love it. It's so fun. Like I just have a great time on there. (laughs) You do. Um, and then back to the hard thing. I so agree. Like my dad, he comes over and helps on his day days off with the kids and he'll be like, you're so lucky, you know, to run your own business. And I'm like, dad, you do, do you not see that I'm working? I, the kids yeah. are screaming at me, like the stress, like every day I wake up and it's not all rainbows, rainbows and butterflies. Like, yes, I wake up and I don't have to rush to get my kids to daycare. You know, my mm-hmm. husband doesn't have to rush to go to, to work. Like we are living the dream. Our neighbors are like, what, how do you have this life? <laughs> but they don't see me, you know, at nine o'clock at night doing work um, after I finally get the kids to bed. And me and him, like, you know, I'm giving him 10 minutes to update my sales page because there's an error and the kids are all, you know, screaming and losing their minds. So yes, Mm -hmm. like we have this incredible life, but there's also, it's hard work and it's sacrifice. But you have to ask yourself, do you want to have to go to a job and report to someone else and Mm -hmm. ask for time off? Or do you want to do the small sacrifices at home, like working at night or whenever, um, to create that quote life laptop lifestyle, you know, yeah. not at the beach, but have true freedom. <laughs> I'm sure some people have their laptop on the beach, but it's just very rare that it actually happens, you know? Yeah. It's so funny when you <laughs> the sand. I mean, yeah. all I can, yeah. I mean, it's just like a, an accident waiting to happen. Right. Like, no. And it's, I see visuals like not anymore, but I used to all the time. I'm like, does anyone actually do that though? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are we actually doing that? Yeah. When I'm on vacation, I want to be on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be yeah. Working. I am with you. Um, okay. So Meg, you have your free challenge and then yes. you have your, your course that beginners mm-hmm. course is starting yeah. soon, right? In a month or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a group program. We're starting it in, um, beginning of May enrollment will be, I believe it's April 18th to the 25th. We open cart. Um, and it's four months. It's an accelerator program. It's like very intensive. It's for people who want to really skyrocket. They want to get to that place of full time as quickly as possible and are ready to hustle. It's going to be a very busy four months. And I always like to say that because I want people to come in ready mm-hmm. to work. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to burn out. You're not going to have to work 12 hours a day, but you're going to have to do some work. I promise yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Do the hard work, the sacrifices. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, this was so great. It was so great seeing you and talking to you and sharing you with my community. Thank you're amazing. You. And I love you. And I respect I you so you. much. You are a business genius. Oh my gosh. You're so sweet. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So everybody go follow Meg, follow me, which I think you already are and unfollow everyone else. No, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Um, Blinders on, blinders on. But anyway, thanks for being here. Check out Meg and I will see you in our next episode. Thank you.